Welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it up. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Open up your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 4, Nehemiah 4. If you don't have a traditional Bible and you'd like one and you're comfortable, just raise your hand. One of my friends will bring you one. You can either borrow that or keep it. It's our gift to you. You can also take the smart device. It's also called, uh, you take this app. It's called the YouVersion app or it's also called the Bible app. And we've already uploaded all the notes and all the scriptures, everything except for pictures or videos, and so you can follow along with that. If you're watching us online or at one of our other gatherings, our friend Pastor Barry, he's preaching at our partner church in Toronto today, so that's all exciting. And so if you guys are anywhere other than right here, love you guys and glad that you're part of our family and super glad that you guys are part of our family on a day that doesn't feel very winter-esque. It felt like it was going to be wintry last night, like it uh, switched. I was looking out the window. It was raining one second, and I looked at Pastor Sunday, and I said, you know, we don't have very much snow. And then I looked outside, and all of a sudden, the rain like transformed into snow, and I thought, oh my gosh, we're going to be snowed out tomorrow. But here we are, no snow, 34 degrees. Hallelujah. I see that hand in Jesus' name. So super glad that you guys are here. Happy holidays, by the way. Doesn't it? Like once you hit December, it really feels like you're in holidays. Or for those of you who aren't politically correct, I mean, it's not yet, but Merry Christmas. I like to say that to people at cash registers just to see them squirm. And they'll say, Happy Holidays. And then I'll look at them. I'll go say, And Merry Christmas to you in Jesus' name. He's the reason for the season. Make sure you put your nativity set. I don't say any of that stuff, actually. I just say, actually, I don't even respond. I just, I don't even go to store. Let me just start there. I don't even go to stores. Okay. So all of that was completely made up just for effect, just for you. So anyway, happy holidays. I love the holidays, the lights, the smells, the sounds, the, the songs, the shows. Like I'm a big Charlie Brown Christmas guy, there's something about it. Like when I was a kid, that was a thing. Like it came on on CBS at seven o'clock and it was like the one thing our family did. We gathered together. And so sometimes when the song starts, Christmas time is here. <laughs> it is here. It is here. Yes, Charlie. Yes, Linus. It is. It is here. Take the towels and blanket and put it over your head. And have you ever like read that scripture that Linus recites in the, and you can't read it without it being in, okay, it's probably just me that when I read it, I hear it read in Linus's voice. So I love the shows. I love eggnog. Come on, somebody. If you're, if you're feeling a little frisky, you put a little something, you put a little. You can put a little Verner's. Some of you went the wrong place on that. That's all I'm saying. You put a little Verner's in there. All my Detroit people know what Verner's is. If you drink Verner's and you take a breath while the Verner's hasn't settled yet, you'll be out for three days. So my dad used to take eggnog. He used to put Verner's in it. I like those little tree cookies, you know, that have the, the little candy beads. You can't eat those cookies and not get caught. That's the fact of it. You can't eat them in your car. They have the little beads and they, they fall off on everything. I like the little snowman cookies with the icing on them. 
And you can tell if your grandma made them because one of the buttons is always too big. It's a drippy black button. Uh, I like those little powdered cookies. You know those little powdered cookies? They come in a can and they, they put you out there too because if you go out at two o'clock in the morning and you try to get a cookie out that can, it also goes, and everybody in the whole house knows that and all the powder. It's all over your face. Come on. Gingerbread houses, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Don't you just love? I'm just saying. Don't you just love the holidays? Uh, but they can be a real bummer too, can't they? Because like we build them up and then if they're not uh, what we anticipated, it can be such a letdown. Uh, we can get so sad. Like, I'm really bad for that. I, I don't have a lot of traditions, but I want them during the holidays. And if they get skipped over, I can get really sad. Like, I was sad this Thanksgiving. I was so excited about it. Like, we don't do a lot of, you know, dinners with our whole family around a table. But Thanksgiving is one of those times where we kind of just all get together and, and uh, this year, part of my family didn't come, and, and it made it so that I didn't even do what needed to be done, kind of shut down. I didn't get the turkey ready the night before, work with it in the morning. I, I didn't give it the warm water bath. I didn't inject it with juices or put any seasonings on it. I, I didn't have the oil hot and ready in time, and so because of that, our whole family's meal had to be pushed back because because of an unmet expectation, I was now sad. A few Christmases ago, I got really sad too. We have a tradition where my daughter, Aubrey, she reads a, a certain Christmas book. It's just a kid's book. I mean, she's been reading it uh, since like, she could barely even read. Uh, but, but we sold our house and, and we moved and we couldn't find the book. Gosh, I was so bummed. I was so, I was so disappointed. If things aren't what we anticipated or don't, or don't go our way, especially during the holidays, we can get really off track. Uh, I want to talk about one of the messages that causes us to send ourselves today in a message that we're calling, I'm discouraged. Let's pray. God, we love you and we're grateful to you. God, I mean, we joke and I jest, but you really are the reason for the season, but not just this season. You're, you're the reason for it all. So God, today, we do pray for a spirit of heaven, a fresh anointing. God, that your Holy Spirit that doesn't need to visit here, that doesn't need to fall here, that was here long before we got here, before this building was even built, you were waiting for us. And so today, I pray that that sweet, powerful Holy Spirit would well up in this place and it would change our hearts and change our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Discouraged. A D-I-S, it's, it's what you call a negative prefix. It, it means uh, not or none. Uh, anytime you add the prefix D-I-S to the beginning of a word, it gives it the opposite meaning. So the word discourage literally means not courage or none courage. It actually comes from a French word, de de créer. It, it's a compound word, uh, two words. The first word is de, and, and then the second word is courage. De means away, and courage means spirit. Uh, de courage, to rob you of your spirit. 
When you discourage someone, you steal their courage. You rob them of their courage. You literally steal their spirit. Have you ever had someone steal your spirit? Discouragement. It's, it's, actually, a, it's actually a gateway emotion, like marijuana is a gateway drug. I've been telling my kids for years that marijuana is a gateway drug. It, it only opens you up to deeper, darker drugs. Uh, as a city, Seattle is an, is an example of that. It is, uh, it is a Petri dish of that. Uh, Seattle was one of the first cities to legalize marijuana, and, and so now, everywhere you go in the city, uh, there are dispensaries. And, uh, and, the, and the longer it has been legalized, the more creative the dispensaries get. It's like a 7-Eleven of ganj. Like, you go in, and you, you, I didn't even know they had, I'm just saying, I didn't know they had. When I was a kid, this is sound like an old head, when I was a kid, they, just, they had two kinds of weed. Weed and pencil shavings. Just saying, if you, you buy weed, it was real weed. If you buy pencil shavings, you got ripped up. Now they got all this stuff. They got bubble gum flavor and they got gummy bear flavor. And you go in and there's a whole industry. And they got all this stuff. They got memorabilia. And anybody who's over a certain age can walk in anywhere and, uh, and can buy marijuana. Uh, but that's not enough. It's against the law of diminishing returns. And so now, uh, although they were one of the first cities to legalize marijuana, and there's been many since, uh, now they are attempting to become the first city to legalize heroin. Uh, to the point that if you are homeless inside the city limits of Seattle, there are clinics that you can go to uh, and they will inject you with heroin for free. And the reason for that is because they want to make sure that people are using clean needles. Marijuana, it is a gateway drug. It opens you up to deeper and, and darker substances. Discouragement is a gateway emotion that opens you up to deeper and darker emotions like despair or depression. No one goes from zero to depression. It often starts with discouragement, and it's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to let it creep in. And when discouragement creeps in, joy seeps out. <laughs> it's like a balloon with a pinhole. You ever had a balloon with a pinhole? First of all, you cannot trust balloons. I hate them. I hate, I hate, I hate the, the sight of them and the smell of them. And the sound, of, I remember when Bob Goff preached here, he said, how can you be happy and not like balloons? I said, because I'm a sane human being. I like, when someone's, or when it pops, and, oh God, or the sound of a balloon. Or a water, you ever get in a water balloon fight? And, and there's only two good or bad things that can happen during a water balloon flight. You're, you're going to get hit with the balloon and it's going to hurt and you're going to get wet. Or you're going to get hit with the balloon and it's going to hurt and it doesn't break. But it's ridiculous. I hate I, people with the making the balloon animals in the hats and going to the fair. The devil is a liar. I, I, I hate. I, I'm just telling you I hate. I hate balloons. And discouragement is like a balloon with a pinhole in it. 
Discouragement, being robbed of your courage. Life takes courage. So the question is, how do we get discouraged? How is it that we are robbed of our courage? Nehemiah 4 actually gives us four reasons for discouragement. In case you've never read Nehemiah, little backstory, Nehemiah worked for the most powerful king in the world, and he received news that, that the city that he loved and that God loved uh, had been destroyed, that the wall that was surrounding it had been destroyed. And so he became passionate about the fact that the wall needed to be rebuilt. And so he began to make a plan silently behind closed doors, believing that God would open an opportunity for him to share the vision. See, anytime God gives you a vision, there's two options. You can either share it too early and ruin it, or you can let it marinate and begin to pray that God will give you opportunities to share the vision as the vision is developed. And so Nehemiah prayed for months that God would give him an opportunity to share the vision. And finally, one day he had never been sad in front of the king. And the king asked him, why so downcast, oh my soul? And he shared the vision. And so the most powerful man in the world uh, gave him all of the resources and all of the authority to go back to the city that he and God loved and to rebuild it. Yet, even, even when God gives you the provision and he gives you the opportunity, it doesn't always mean that that doesn't come without challenges. And so all throughout Nehemiah, Nehemiah faces these great challenges. And when we get to chapter four, he gives us four reasons uh, for discouragement. The first of which is fatigue. Fatigue. Uh, Nehemiah said, then the people of Judah began to complain that the workers we're becoming tired. <laughs> Life can be exhausting, can it? Seems like we're always running, always. And again, as if it, like, as it feels like we're the most busy culture that has ever lived on the face of the planet. Even though we have all the stuff, we have, we have all the technology, we have all the tools that are supposed to streamline our lives, and yet the very tools that were supposed to streamline our lives have complicated our lives. Uh, I was driving from Milwaukee last night, and I was following my nav, but, but I, I had a thought that what would happen if I got rid of my cell phone? It's a real thought. It's like, you know what? Maybe in 2023, I'm just going to go sans cell phone. And I'll get me a house phone. And, uh, and people will have to call. I'll get an answering machine with a tape. You know what I'm talking about? Hi, you've reached Sean and Sonny. We're not here right now. But if you'll leave a message after the tone, we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Make it a great day. Like we, like you, remember when you prat, prat? Do you remember when you made the message? With so much pressure. Oh my God, everyone in the world is going to hear this. My mother is going to. And you practiced it. You wrote it down on a three by five card and, and you got in an argument. You can't. No, you're supposed to say, make it a great day, not have a great day. Having a great day happens to you when you make it a great day. It's proactive. Go. How many times do we got to record the tape? Like, you go, oh, rewind the tape. There's like a click on. Anyway, I was thinking it would be great if I didn't have a cell phone. 
how much more engaged I would be in life. So busy, yet the very tools that were supposed to make it streamlined have made it complicated. Does it feel like life is, is busy? Especially if you have kids. Oh, man, they're picking up and dropping off. They're picking up, they're dropping off. They're picking up, they're dropping off. They're taking them to practices of things they're not even good at. They're, ter- they're terrible. And you drop them off because you don't want people to know they're your kids. Just at soccer practice. Like at other stuff, but at soccer practice. I don't even know. I, I picked this kid up. He ran out of gas. I didn't want, you know, I, I felt like it was the Jesus thing to do. He said he had practice. You, can you bring him home? We li- he lives at 1462, mate. Like you just, you're dropping them off to picking them up, cooking, cleaning, putting to bed, getting to, it's, it's a, why is it so hard to get to bed? Emails, texts, deadlines, life can be exhausting. It's easy to let yourself get worn down. Uh, and it's almost like God knew this was going to happen when he wrote the Ten Commandments. Like when he listed the top 10 things that you should do, or in some cases that you shouldn't do in your lives, at number four, before he talked about any sins, he talked about the Sabbath. When he said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, which incidentally means sacred, which incidentally means important. When he said, remember the Sabbath day and keep it sacred and important, he knew fatigue often leads to failure. People seldom make good decisions when they're tired. So I know you're busy. I I know you have a lot to do. I know you have a lot going on, but can you please get some rest? Can you, can you please carve out some time just for you? Husbands, let your lady be. Ladies, let your husband go. We're meant to be free. We're meant to be with other dudes every once in a while. I'm just saying we're meant to do stuff at times that you think is irresponsible. It's fine. We may drive too fast. We may ride things with too few wheels. We may shoot things for no apparent reason, but it takes away some of the stress. I know you have a lot going on. Please be strategic. Please get rest because one of the big reasons people get discouraged is fatigue. The second reason for discouragement is frustration. Life can be frustrating, can it? You ever feel overlooked? Uh, taken for granted, underappreciated, unappreciated, all of those things lead to frustration, especially during the holidays. The holidays can be so frustrating. Oh, I gotta go to Walmart again. You ever go to Walmart, get home, and realize you didn't get from Walmart what you went to Walmart for, and then you gotta go back to Walmart. You got a bunch of other stuff. You got a DVD for $3.99, but you didn't get chicken. And your wife is like, baby, we're making dinner. You're like, it's the dirty dozen. Are you kidding me? It's the dirty dozen. It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Google says it is the greatest Western. It was three. I'll go back to Walmart. Then throw in things like traffic, lines inventory shortages, rising gas prices, and we can get so 
frustrated, so discouraged. You ever have a specific gift that you looked everywhere for, but it was nowhere to be found? Pastor Sonny and I have had so many of those in our lives. The latest video game system or the latest toy, like this guy. Remember this guy? Anybody remember this creep? (laughs) I looked everywhere for that thing. It drove me crazy. I wanted to squeeze that thing's head off. (laughs) That was me, not him. I'm just saying, unmet expectations. Unmet expectations lead to frustrations, which cause us to feel discouraged. And we see this in Nehemiah. It says that the people of Judah said, there's so much rubble to be moved that we'll never be able to get it done ourselves. There was so much rubble, it was getting in the way of the rebuilding. What do you have in your life that's getting in your way, that's causing you frustration, that's getting you discouraged? Clean up the rubble so you can see not only what still needs to be done, but so you can see the progress that's already been made. Some of you are being way too hard on yourselves. You've come farther than you think. There's just rubble in your way blocking your view. You've been sober for 10 days. Don't let anybody rob you of that. The third reason for discouragement is failure. This cat, Sam Ballot, he said, what does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think they're doing? Do you you think they can build the wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? Do they actually think that they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was standing beside him, remarked, that stone wall would collapse if even a fox walked along the top of it. And so the people wanted to quit. And the people wanted to quit because of the voices from the peanut gallery. I wonder what voices you're listening to. You ever have someone speak death over you? You thought you were doing great until one person said one thing and suddenly everything you've been building felt like a house of cards. (laughs) I got, listen, almost all year, but for several months I've been trying so hard uh, to lose weight, which is hard when you're pushing 50. Like your body just goes, nope. You are where you're going to be or you're going to deteriorate. But then I see some people who are older than me and they do it. And I go, yay, I can do it. And I was really motivated until a guy told me something that I was looking at at a store uh, wasn't built for guys my size. Wasn't built for guys. Should have worn my Spanx today. Wasn't built for guys my size. is. Okay, if you're asking, it was a chair. I was looking at a chair in a store. Wasn't like I was looking at pants. I was looking at a chair. And I said, I didn't even know that they made chairs that were too weak for people my size. (laughs) Suddenly, I was discouraged. And I went on a journey down memory lane with two of my closest friends, Ben and Jerry. (laughs) I'll show that guy. Next time I come in, he'll say, nothing in here is built for guys. Your size is like, I was so, described for about two weeks, I lost sight of the goal. And in two weeks, me, Ben, and Jerry, we gained, we gained 10 pounds in two weeks. We were like, yeah, let's go, baby. I forgot how awesome sugar was. Uh, and so I was so discouraged. But then I saw a guy that I hadn't seen in, in months. And when he walked up to me, he said, wow, you look amazing. 
bro, how much weight have you lost? Suddenly my posture changed, my outlook changed. Listen, that chair may not have been built for guys my size, but I'm not gonna be that size for long. I should have never let that guy rob me of my progress. When that one guy told me he thought I looked amazing, it snapped me out of the funk and the fog and it put me on the right track. You know, just like some of you have rubbish in your life that's getting in the way of your progress, some of you have relationships in your life that are getting in the way of your progress. People that are robbing you of your courage and their presence in your life is causing you frustration and it's making you discouraged. So just like you need to clean up some of that rubble, you need to clean up some of those relationships. I've been doing that the last few weeks. I've been systematically going through my social media and unfriending people. I had people who were my friends on Facebook who I don't even like. Now listen, I know y'all like everybody because you're more like Jesus than me, but I went through the pictures. I went, if I, did, if I did the Sylvester Stallone lip when I looked at that person, unfriend unfriend. If that person made me feel filthy or if they made me feel foul, unfriend. Listen, I've been going through my phone too. I started blocking some of my contacts because because there were people in there that if I talk to them, they'll make me want to give up. They'll they'll make me want to give into my frustration. And I wonder what or who are you giving into? If you have things or people that are causing you frustration, you need to get rid of it or get rid of them. Number, number four, whatever. Number four. The fourth reason for discouragement. If Steve Harvey would have said that on Family Feud, y'all would have been like, share, 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 whatever. I don't dress as good as him. Number four. The fourth reason for discouragement is fear. Hmm. The Bible says, meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we'll swoop down on them and we'll kill them and we'll end their work. The Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again, these people are going to come from every direction. See, see, they overheard. They overheard what the people were planning. And when you overhear people's plans for yourself, it'll make you forget God's plan for you. And so they began to, like, even though they knew that God had planned for them, that God had prepared for them, that God had made a way where there seems to be no way, suddenly they began to hear the voices, the whispers of the peanut gallery again, and they began to spread poison. They said they're going to come from every direction and they're going to attack us. And my question is, what are you so afraid of? Yeah, there's an enemy and he's out hunting and he's looking for people to overcome and overwhelm. But if you're in Christ, you are part of something that cannot be overthrown. Nothing can stand against you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God said, fear not for I am with you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold you up. Doesn't that encourage you? I hope so because that's the cure. The cure for discouragement is encouragement. Anytime you add en to a word, it, it amplifies that word, encourage. The Bible actually tells us to encourage ourselves. <laughs> Some of you are discouraging yourself. The Greek word for encouragement in the New Testament is oikodome. It means to build. Encouragement is a process. It happens brick by brick, word by word, action by action. And it's not just building up, it's building into. What are you building into yourself and who's building into you? First Thessalonians says, therefore encourage one another and build each other up. 
Ephesians chapter 4 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what's, what's helpful for building others up, encouraging one another. For build, When's the last time you encouraged? Say, hey, you look great today. Ooh, I love your hair. Did you change your hair? Hey, did you lose weight? Ooh, I like those shoes. Hey, man, you know, has anybody ever told you you have a fantastic smile? talking to a guy on FaceTime the other day. He's, like, He's such a good friend. And then I said, uh, I said, bro, oh, your teeth look amazing. Oh, yeah, God, 20 grand. <laughs> he said, listen, before I spent the money, though, <laughs> my teeth looked like yours. I was like, bro, <laughs> I just think, I was just encouraging you. But suddenly I turned into my grandma. You know, like, I was just encouraging you for to let me put my dentures back in and say, like, when's the last time you in, encouraged someone, added, amplified somebody's courage? Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only things that are for building people up that are benefiting those who listen. Now, the Hebrew word for encouragement in the Old Testament is hazak. And hazak means to strengthen, to prevail, to harden, to become strong, to be courageous, to be or grow firm, to be resolute. This is my favorite, to be sore. Mm. Encouragement is hard work. It's, it's, it's painful to people that it's not natural to. There are people that encouragement is not, is not natural. And so it's almost painful to say, you look really nice. Today, it's, uh, Pastor Sonny came off the stage and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, tell her that her prayer teaching was awesome. It was great. And then I just stood there like a balloon with a pinhole. Finally, I looked at her and said, that's really good. It's painful. But the more you do it, the more you build, the more defined it gets, the stronger, it, the more natural it becomes. Encourage, it, it means to be sore. When's the last time you pushed through the pain and gave someone life and life more abundantly? It means to repair. Joshua said, haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord God, he'll be with you wherever you go. Why are you discouraged? Are you fatigued? Are you frustrated? you feel like a failure? Are you fearful? But what are you so afraid of? If you're in Christ, you're part of something that can't be overthrown. Nothing can stand against you. Uh, but the question is, are you in Christ? If you're not, be encouraged because you can be before you leave here today. Would you close your eyes all across this place? In Christ. I am encouraged in Christ. In the church world, we have a word for being in Christ or Christ being in us, and it is salvation. It's a pretty self-explanatory term. It means being rescued, being rescued from sin, from shame, from self, all of the things that have held us back. I wonder if you're here today and you need to be rescued from your sin, from your shame, from yourself. It's, it's really an easy process. It's a challenging, 
It's a challenging life to live, but it's an easy process to begin. The Bible says you really just have to do two things. You have to confess and you have to profess. You have to confess that you have sin in your life and you have to profess that you believe that Jesus can change that. So if you're here today and you, you don't have a proper relationship with Jesus, we're gonna give you the opportunity to change that. And here's how. Just a moment, I'm gonna ask for people to do two things. Just a moment, with nobody looking around, I'm gonna ask for people to raise their hand and make eye contact with me if they don't have a relationship with Jesus. Once you've raised your hand and we've made eye contact, you can put your hand down. Secondly, I'm gonna say a few lines in a prayer, then I'm gonna pause. When I pause, I'm gonna ask everyone in here, not just the people who need it, but everyone in here to repeat those words after me. And if you repeat them, then you mean them in your heart, the Bible says you're saved, rescued in Christ. So if you're here today and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like to before I leave this place with nobody looking around, would you raise your hand and make eye contact with me today? Thanks, 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 thank you, thanks, thanks, thanks. Anybody else on the side? Thanks. Okay, I'm going to ask everyone in here to say these words. Say, Jesus, I have sin in my life, but I don't want it. Please take it. Come into my life. Forgive me. Change me. Make me different. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want for you here and you say, Sean, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl. But you're here today and you'd say, Sean, I am feeling discouraged and I would like for you to pray for me with nobody looking around. Would you raise your hand so that I could pray for you? Good night. Jesus, for my brothers and for my sisters, encourage them. Breathe life into their lungs. Breathe life into their spirits. God, I rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name who's tried to come and destroy and dismantle their lives. I pray authority over them in the mighty power of Jesus that you would surround them with warring heavenly angels and that your Holy Spirit would fill them from the bottom of their feet to the tops of their heads and that courage would be instilled and installed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew on That. The Chew on That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week. Thank you.